Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Racetech. Racetech does more than just uh, Supercross and Motocross. You've seen it with the Solitaire guys and the Motul AGE guys, of course, many of the top privateers, but they also do off-road stuff. Cody Webb, Cooper Abbott, the Factory Sherco team recently switched to Racetech as their suspension of choice. So whether it's Enduro Cross, Hard Enduro, or some other radical challenge, the riders have tested and chosen Racetech to help them get them over the obstacles and to the finish line. Racetech.com, Pulp23 is the code to save. Get some, get some savings on motor or suspension work from Racetech. Thanks for listening. On to the show. A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motosport.com, and Kuba Links on RacerXOnline.com. With your continuing gracious support of our sponsors, we're thriving at over 1,800 podcasts delivered with over 20 million downloads. Click the Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. The original moto podcast featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews, race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's the voice bringing it all to you, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. 25 years of fly racing. They're excited to celebrate it, led by the Formula Helmet, featuring the Rion technology. Fly Racing continues to push the boundaries of product performance and design. They want to thank their dealers and customers for 25 incredible years. Check out the all-new website at flyracing.com, at Fly Racing USA on social media, or check out the athletes this summer, guys like Chiz, first three anyways, guys like RJ Hampshire, who should be winning the Nationals, and uh, many other racers wearing Fly Racing. Chance Hymas, too. Remember Chance Hymas? Fast. He's going to be wearing Fly. Flyracing.com. Please check those guys out at your local dealer or motorsport.com. We'll tell you more about motorsport.com and Cobo Links later on, but thank you to Renthal. Made over there in the U.K. to the tightest of tolerances, to the greatest of specs. Really informative website, whether it's uh, the Fat Bar 36, the Fat Bar Twin Wall Bar, 7 8 Bar. They've got you covered. Cloth bar pads, the vintage guys, they got that also. Grips, sprockets, chains, all sorts of things going on with the folks at Renthal. You know, uh, Factory Honda, Factory Kawasaki, Factory KTM using Renthal and uh, having a lot of success for, with it over the years. They have a long, long history of uh, supreme uh, race-winning results over there at Renthal. Thank you to those guys. Also, thank you to the folks at Maxxis. Get ready to tread victoriously with the new Maxxis Moto Tires. Experience the full shred potential of the two treads designed for soft to intermediate and an intermediate to hard terrain, developed and with uh, the expertise of seven-time Supercross champion Jeremy McGrath. You know, they say seven-time Supercross champion, and he is, but he also is a one-time outdoor champion. They should put that in there. Uh, anyways, grip, stability, and predictability that surpasses all others. Available now at your local Maxxis dealer or online, shop.maxxis.com. Maxxis MX Series, a gift from the science nerds to the moto kids. Pick your pair. Thank you to the folks at Maxxis for coming on board and uh, great mountain bike tires as well. So thanks to those guys for making this podcast happen. Thank you, people, for listening. Remember, you can always use the contact form at pulpamex.com to shoot me a note about anything you want to talk about. Really appreciate the... Uh, Support over the years for these podcasts, man. 
Been doing it since 2008. They're still doing it now. All right. On to the show. Okay, now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, a gentleman I've been wanting to connect with for a while. Uh, some really cool ideas, some innovative ideas coming out of Canvas MX, and we've seen it out on the track this Supercross season. Michael Lieb, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. I uh, haven't seen you for a little while. Uh, I think I've ran into you one Supercross quickly, but um, how are things? How's things going? Things are good, man. Things are uh, things are great. Life's definitely hectic. Um, started our manufacturing facility, Lucid, so we're like fully diving in on making our own gear now, and and uh, it was actually really cool because like this was the first year that we kind of pushed canvas. But um, dude, it's funny. Like Supercross just ended, and I kind of feel like I just ended it as a racer, but just <laughs> busyness wise of yeah. like being on the gear side and kind of being quote unquote the gear guy is. Uh, Dude, it was tiring, man. It was it was actually kind of funny. Yeah, I feel like we're seeing it more and more than we have. How many years for Canvas now for you? Dude, it's crazy. Eight. Eight, yeah. So you, you were wearing this your last year of racing, I think? Last couple years? So, yeah, like I, I got hurt in 15. Yep. Canvas started based on the white gear that we did at market that year. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, Canvas, yeah, like I said, it started. We did doing like all white, all black gear. And then literally up until we started this, what, nine, ten months ago now, like I've been trying to figure out manufacturing the right way, something that I'm proud of, something that like I really want to put myself behind. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we literally just launched the company. Um, So it's just been a it's been a long path to get here. But like I raced a little bit in 18. I did that. Yeah, you you came back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like I even raced in 16, 17, I was out the whole year because I fused my foot. And then 19, I did one round. I did Houston. And then 2020, I did five rounds. And then I, I was, that was oh, it. Shit. Okay. So it was 2020 then. So that's more, way more than eight years then. All right. My, my timeline's off. Um, yeah. You had a nice career to the Supercross privateer, some few top tens in there, some good speed. Uh, of course, your goggle guy at X Brand Goggles was terrific most of those times. But phenomenal. Um, what gave you the idea to do this? Uh, uh, you and your dad, of course, your dad is a little bit of an entrepreneur himself over the years. Uh, I don't, were you guys kicking it around or what kind of gave you the idea to be like, hey, man, we're going to do like custom gear made in the USA. Like uh, we can do whatever you need. Like wh- what gave you the idea for this? The idea transformed a lot throughout the throughout the process. Like 2014, I got paid pretty decently from AXO. Mm-hmm. And in 2015, going into the year, they gave me a 95% pay cut. <laughs> and my dad and I were sitting back at the, at the house. We're around the fire pit. We're watching through the TV. Was, I think NASCAR was on. And, you know, it's like we're sitting there thinking, all right, you go to Fox, you go to Thor, you go to all the other gear companies, you're going to get the same offer. And I was the top performing privateer in the entire West Coast that year. I think I finished like ninth or tenth in points. And uh, what are you going to do? You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're spending a hundred grand on your West Coast program to go do it by yourself on good equipment that you want to be on. And we did it for marketing play. And then we ended up selling each round at like 10 grand and we raised 30 grand in three rounds. And then I got hurt on the fourth round. And then that's when Radical reached out to me from Argentina and we started just importing all white and all black gear. It was never even like a custom thought until probably a year and a half later. Okay. Then we started kind of learning about dye sublimation. And then, you know, at that point, I started to have to figure out how to get it done from USA instead of importing from Argentina. And that was literally the five-year block up until, yeah, like about a year ago when we started Lucid with Ryan and and also Radical. Um, 
and that's kind of how the whole process went. So it was a huge, like, transformation from I never intended to start a gear company. So ultimately, um, it was a bit of an FU to the system now that got you a going. Hu- yeah. A huge FU to the system then. And, yeah. And also now, too. Like, I, I think our sport is broken. I think that gear should be looked at in the way that every other, you know, racing industry looks at gear, you know, whether it be their driving suit or whatever it is, we need to take that system because it works. Our system doesn't work for, especially for a privateer, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to give bigger companies a bigger billboard for them to come into our industry to put bigger money into what we love to do, which is race dirt bikes. Right. Yeah. No, uh, we, we've been bringing this up on the Paul Bamek show a little bit here and there. Obviously, you know, the guys at Fly and FXR support me. So, I mean, those are traditional gear companies that, you know, I don't think will ever go away. But I, I definitely think there's something that you guys are doing over there that, that could be the look of a future. Now, Kevin Morans, Jerry Robin, just to name a couple privateers, have really embraced Canvas and used it for, you know, their platform. And it's worked pretty well, I guess. So, Michael, for me... So the first stuff you brought in, let's let's go back. The first stuff you brought in was just a a, a, a no name brand from Argentina. Was that the the number one way you got going? Is that kind of basically? Where, yeah. yeah. So yeah. So we took um we took Radical's chassis. So Radical is quite big in Argentina. They have a race team. They run a lot of the Supercross and the Outdoor Series there. Mm-hmm. They have a, a big apparel line. They have stores and malls. But they can't import and export trade-related stuff with Argentina. Mm-hmm. So they're stuck to the bounds of their country. Um, so when I started kind of bringing gear in, like it wasn't a lot. Like it was just a couple hundred sets at a time. wasn't a big deal. And then people started buying just all white and all black gear. Like at that time, you didn't have any simple stuff yeah. from some of the gear companies that you do now. Like yep. things were really, really busy and pretty occupied even at that point. Um so that's kind of where that whole model started. And then, like I said, and then people started wanting heat transfers. Mm-hmm. And, then I, and I learned about, like, dye sublimation. But, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Radical was the essentially the reason why Canvas started yeah. was just all white and all black gear. Now, early on, I remember talking to some people about it. Maybe not when you started, but a couple years in. And I was told, cool stuff, falls apart quickly. Maybe the quality isn't the greatest. You know, you're kind of... You're kind of, kind of figuring it out. But then now, the last few years, I've also t- had, you know, conversations with guys that wear it or guys that have looked at it. You know, there's a few companies that are that, that have purchased your stuff just to look at, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, it's good. Quality's good. Uh, last. It's got all the right stretchiness and all the right places. Uh, fits well. Would you, would you say that's an accurate representation of Canvas now compared to when you started? It's definitely – it's a whole different chassis. It's all different fabrics. Everything is completely – completely flopped mm-hmm. um in a good way right yeah, but yeah. The, the struggle that i ran into when i tried to go domestic with manufacturing was you're paying four times the labor and you know four times the cost of all the overhead and etc that you would in asia um so i can't put the bells and whistles that current gear companies can do like i can't use four fabrics on my pant um i can't do a lot of the rubber tpr stuff just because it takes too much time and like i said times four times more expensive here than it is in Asia. So we had to develop a very simple low panel pant that had high function. It was very comfortable. And the, the benefit there for me was we had to use stretch material mm-hmm. and stretch material does cost a lot more, but you get away with a lot less paneling and, and, and using multiple fabrics because you're essentially getting the function out of one material that you would out of four 
and again, going to less panels, it was something that actually worked really well together. And I get people, I had I, every week I get customers that call me that wear stuff for the first time and they're like, dude, I took it out of the bag and I was like, what the heck is this? This looks like kind of like they was referenced the old one industry, like pajama feeling okay. gear. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, like this stuff's, this stuff's garbage. And then I'll get a call and they're like, dude, I should have run in it before I called you. Like, <laughs> I love this stuff. It's so comfortable. Um, and like everything we do is so sublimated. It's like, there's no heat transfers, name and numbers. Everything's integrated in, into the fabric, whether it be pant or Jersey and it's all custom made in USA. So it's a different product than for say your, your standard gear. Right. Although the benefit to me there too is gear is going that direction, right? Like you're seeing every single gear company on the market today going a lot more of a simple direction too. Yeah. I really don't like the tight look we're leaving, we're doing lately Lee, because I don't have that body. So I'm not really a fan of all of this tightness that we're seeing out there, but that's another that's, podcast for another time. <laughs> that's a that's a real thing, though. We get bigger guys that do wear our stuff, and they they say the same thing that they were super nervous to wear the top stuff, and it's not it's not tight on the higher sizes. Right. A lot of a lot of guys are actually pretty happy with it. We only go to a we go to a forty and I, I think a three XL on the jersey. Um, but yeah. Um, so do you listen? Uh, do you test some of the stuff yourself? Have you did you go through a few revisions, a few? Uh, different uh, lines and, and you know you you can still ride i'm sure you can still know what 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 it should feel like Did, and obviously we'll get to the ryan villapoto part here as well uh unfortunately we do have to talk about that guy uh but yeah like what how much is it is real world testing for you a lot of it yeah. um yeah i mean uh, obviously i again whatever i'm putting out in the market i want to be behind i don't want to put something out that i'm not very proud of or something that i wouldn't wear myself I'm not, per se, the best fit sample because I'm so small. Yep. Um, like, I'm still kind of a 28 in a, in a small <laughs> right. jersey. Yeah. So, like, I can't gear everything to be around what I want. I also have a plethora between, you know, kind of bigger guys, taller guys, mm -hmm. shorter guys, wider guys. Um, something that we need to be very middle of the road with. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've done a lot of product testing. and. We get people that ask us all the time, like, how's the quality? We had Jerry Robin last year go through, I think, eight rounds of outdoors specifically for the reason to see how long it would last. Mm -hmm. And it's actually a set of gear that I'm going to get framed and put on the wall because it, it still looks in really good shape. Eight rounds of outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what? How's sales been? How's things? I, I'm guessing just, you know, from the buzz I hear and people I talk to, it's been a lot of growth the last few years. How's it going? It's been great. The Like I said, the first time that we started marketing, the first time that we started pushing, the first time that we even really did Supercross with teams and had AJE mm -hmm. on the Gas Gas team or even Moran's was this year. So I do feel like economically we're trending a little bit down all across the board. But the great thing for us is we're making our first impact. So we're mm -hmm. seeing a lot of growth where I think a lot of other companies maybe aren't. Um, and again, we're not a, we're not a company that has inventory sitting on the shelf. This is a custom made to order product, order product. So when customers order it, we make it from scratch. We start from the computer, go to the printer, to the sub, we hand cut, we hand sew, and it gets bagged and tagged and goes out the door. So sales have been really good for us. And there's a lot of people finding out about us. There's a lot of people that are looking at us in ways that they can use us for whether they just want to create something kind of different, do something vintage that they've always wanted to remake, or even for companies that they have, we get companies like Harley Davidson and a lot of really big companies that will order 
a lot of product for us to represent their company and get it made in USA product as well. Yeah. And that's that's still on the canvas side. Yeah, or I'm even thinking I'm even thinking, you know, like uh, Chevy or Ford commercials, they always have TLD or sometimes they'll have fly or whatever. Like I can see a future where these companies reach out to you and be like, Well, we're just gonna make a set of gear, you know, to advertise our new truck that you can ride dirt bikes in or haul dirt bikes yep. with 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 Ford gear. You know, exactly. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So, yeah. What is the turnaround time for, for a customer at this point? Where are you at? Three to four weeks right now. So we're able to really control it. Like before, people would ask where things are, and it's like I'm kind of waiting for other people to kind of get stuff out the door. And now it's rad because, like, if there's a customer that has something come up and they need something a little quicker, we can't always do it. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of times where we can save a customer, you know, a week or so and, and get something kind of rushed out and try to keep everyone at three to four week time frame, which is realistic for us on manufacturing. Yep. And I believe it's still a realistic time frame for a customer standpoint. Is that your biggest obstacle? Uh, just the, the downtime from people who want, you know, they, they order from motorsport and they can get fly in two days. Is that your biggest obstacle to, or do you feel like your consumer is willing to wait and they're fine with it? I think that they're getting something very unique with us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our experience isn't really in parallel with a traditional gear company, right? Like a customer that wants to, if a customer is a fan of fly, they're going to be a fan of fly. I don't think that I'm really going to convert the customer based on that. Now, if they see something vintage that you just can't get anywhere else anymore, they're willing to wait because they've even four weeks, they've never had the option to have it, period. So now in four weeks, within a month, they can get anything remade or maybe it's something from the 80s or maybe it's an old jersey that their mm -hmm. dad had that they wanted to remake or whatever it is, we can do it. So I, I do think that it is a hurdle for us. Like, I'm sure that there's a lot of customers that deter from us because we don't have it ready to ship tomorrow. But again, it's a, it's a handmade, it's a USA product, it's completely custom, and the quality is pretty rad. Yeah, it's, it's a, again, it's a neat idea. So... What is your biggest obstacle, Michael, for this? Like, what is what is something that you're banging your head against your computer all day long? What do you uh, what do you need to solve? What or what do you need to you know what what drives you crazy? I would say the part that uh, I wouldn't say drives me crazy. I, I just say I've focused so long on on the product, and I've focused so long on trying to build a manufacturing base and foundation for Canvas to be successful with that. I I kind of took my head out of the sand on that side of things probably six months ago. And man, sales and marketing and the different ways that companies can use us. And now we have also the Lucid side that steps into this as well. Lucid is a private labeling gear company for any any company out there that wants to say it's a dealer, right? Like say right now, they have a ton of dealers nationwide. We can essentially create them their own gear line overnight. Mm -hmm. And they can now have their own gear rather than, you know, selling through your traditional gear that every single other dealership nationwide is selling, right? They're all competing with each other all across the board. And then you have your online wholesalers where dealers sometimes pay more. It's a whole, it's a whole deal, right? Mm -hmm. So we're creating a different market for that. And I believe that the marketing and the sales side of that is my next challenge per se. Um, but on top of that too, it's, it, there's a lot that goes on in the day to day. I have 10 employees, um, most of which speak Spanish and, you know, making sure that we have materials, making sure production flows working canvas might have 30% more sales this month than last month. And now I have to factor in the time that's going to take to manufacture mm -hmm. and get it run through production and how I'm going to bulk and put all that together. 
as well as make sure that the race teams have the gear and, you know, we post on Instagram. There, there's a lot of moving parts. So between all those things, I, you know, we're, we're, we're only 10 months in and we've come a heck of a long way and we're really happy with where we are. But don't get me wrong, we've got a long way to go and a, and a lot to work on, on on that behalf. And I've got a great team of people too. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm happy with where we are, but I would say that those are definitely the areas where we'll continue to get better. Do you see yourself maybe doing helmets or boots down the down the road a little bit? Do you ever see yourself expanding? I'm not too into that whole side of it. Like we produce something that we can we can make here and do in this facility. When you get into the plastics and, and yep. all that stuff, it, and especially the safety side of it, there's so many layers. There's sure. so many layers. And that's already an industry that's that's kind of crowded, right? Like who's in the custom gear space? Almost yeah. nobody. Yeah, exactly. You know, right. I and like I have so many people when I started this whole thing, they're like, dude, why are you getting in the gear world? The gear industry is so saturated. It is, but we're very different. Yeah. We're not the same parallel as that. So for when you see Jerry or uh Moran's or AJE guys, are you are you paying salaries at this point, Lee? Or are you just like, hey, we'll give you the stuff, you know, we'll run it, we'll run you through uh any designs you want to highlight it because it is really sharp looking stuff. Um and I feel like I don't always see the canvas on everybody's stuff all the time. Uh, they're doing some custom stuff, or maybe I'm missing it. But where are you at with like hiring these privateers and these teams? We're definitely spending money this year. This yeah. year is the first year that Canvas has really spent money. Yeah. Now, you attribute to if our Canvas logo is on it or not, that's a play that, that I like to use because mm-hmm. I want the, the, the company that's spending the money, whether they're spending two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 for a team sponsor as a, as a title sponsor, I want to highlight them. We provide that opportunity for a team to potentially get more money to highlight that individual company. Mm-hmm. Right now, is that a little bit less branding for Canvas side? Yes, but I save a lot of money there for the company too, and I also help the gear company. Sorry, I help the race team get riders on the track. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. At the end of the day, I'm a racer, and I spent a lot of money with my family to go do what I love to do. I believe that this is the one billboard space that we have never tapped into in the correct way, like I said earlier, that every other industry does that we can offer to a race team. And yeah. I want I want to I want to promote that as much as possible. Yeah, you think about this is such a such an issue in our industry in that you know uh, you know the Fox and Geico battle right when when Geico wanted uh, the logo and Fox is like no we're paying you and you can't have the Geico logo here and then there's it's very small on the motorcycles as we all know um, this is a, a total complete branding that somebody could take and, and run with and I I think I I see I see the future being this this type of deal for teams and race teams uh, have you I understand you you've talked to some big You've talked to a couple of the big gear companies, right? Like about a collab. Like this is there's been a little bit of buzz about this. There's no there's no collab, right? Like okay. Lucid was created and separated from Canvas because it's its own entity. I am basically manufacturing gear with Lucid. Now I am a gear manufacturer. I happen to manufacture gear for Canvas, which I own also. So when you look at that model, I now have resources here to create thousands of jerseys and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of pants a month, right? I now can go to a gear company and offer my resources to help them with their with their brand, right? Now, die sublimated team jerseys. It's not a massive business, don't get me wrong, like it's it's not it's not huge numbers, but 
I can essentially offer to any gear company to basically private label their jersey cut, mm-hmm. our jersey cut, their jersey material, our jersey material, and provide them custom dye sublimated jerseys in a three to four week turnaround time. Normal gear companies go to Asia and they'll have to do that four or five months, well, yeah. around three now. It's getting better since COVID. But you guys remember the, the Colt Nichols and the Cooper Webb swap on Coast. They all had dye sublimated number one jerseys, I'm sure. But then they all had heat transfer jerseys when yeah. they showed up. Yeah. Everyone else on the team had dye sub stuff. We can essentially do that overnight, right? Like we can make that happen for gear companies out there. But mm-hmm. there, there, there's just truthfully speaking, there's gear companies that, that want to talk to us and are open for us to share our resources with them. And there's also gear companies that look at us and think that we're more or less of a threat when all I'm doing is, hey, guys, I've created these resources for a likewise industry that we're all involved in. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to share this with anyone that wants to be involved with this because when I built this, when we built this facility, it wasn't so much more for us to have a decent amount of capacity to be able to have those conversations. We can also offer gear companies to do like a a made in USA uh, LE jersey design. So let's say that a gear company has a primarily black pant and they wanted to do some spin-off jersey or even a full set of gear, whatever it may be. We can produce 4,000 jerseys here a month, no problem right now with our current staff. So we can produce a lot of numbers. It's not just yeah, small that, stuff. That is, big, not, that is big numbers. Yeah, it, sure. Exactly. So our capacity here should be, should be relatively big. Um, and I, I see that being a little bit more of a timeline for us to build those relationships. Um, I don't think that our sports, the, the most open to new ideas and people kind of working together in the same industry, but I've built, I've built this facility here. I believe that there's a path back to being made in USA as far as gear goes, like Eddie Cole and answer and Sinisala were way, way back in the way, uh, in in the day. And, uh, we're, we're starting that. So where that goes, how quick it goes, I don't know, but there's a lot of possibilities and we're open to all of it. For people who, for our listeners that maybe don't understand, iron on name and number is, you know, what's been done for, you know, 30 years, 40 years. And you just, yeah, exactly that. You've probably all done it. You've got, a, you got the patch and you iron it on the back of a jersey and, you, and you're good to go. Supplemated came around, I don't know, early 2000s, Michael? Uh, was it older than that? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, like. I I'd even I mean even RV talks about the fact that he barely had dye set yeah. jerseys like throughout his whole career. I feel like McGrath had them and it blew everybody's wig back, but I I don't know maybe not like in the Yamaha maybe. days. But anyways, and sublimated is actually like a process of mel- melding it with the jersey, and you can still breathable and uh, and it's it's basically the way to go nowadays. It's it's way way cool, um, and it looks way more authentic and, and better. Um, my idea that I've talked about on the Pulp Show and and. I think there's a future here. I just don't know if it's anytime soon, but a, a good agent, a really smart agency, somebody with a lot of connections could get some ge- could sell five race packages to Oakley, to Maxima, to Renthal, uh maybe some outside the industry, Target, uh Verizon. So let's you know so look, yeah. let, let me use let me use this as an example because I I always bring up Ryan Dungey for this scenario. Mhm. Let's say hypothetically, I have no idea what the numbers were, but let's just say that we're probably somewhere in the ballpark knowing what you know and what I know about who makes what in the gear industry. Let's say that in, in the prime of his career, he was probably on a million dollars from Fox. 
Yeah, I would say that's right. I mean, that's helmet and everything, but yep, boots, you know. But, and yeah. he had a three-inch Target logo on his chest, a decent Target logo on his helmet, and the palm of his glove. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that that was between five and 700 grand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess. So if that was the case, and you went to Target, and you were able to put Dungey in Target head-to-toe at the time, they still had their IndyCar team and their NASCAR team, and you were able to basically replicate – quote unquote, our respect for moto and create that design in our industry mm-hmm. head to toe. Could you get three, $4 million out of target right. for the market on that? I, I would think so. I, I would think you could make a really huge deal. Like it just takes somebody with some balls to forego that million dollar salary, or let's say 800,000 for, for um, gear, like gloves, Jersey pants and, and do it. I think, I think, like I said, I think a smart agency or smart agent, could sell blocks or the entire thing, like we just talked about, and make more money for their client. I think that we need to find a way to get the attraction from the bigger companies, whether it be, I mean, we all just saw, you know, RWR's team came out with a Mobile One sponsor. Mm-hmm. That is so rad for our industry. Now, how can we make that whole thing Mobile One? How can we do a little bit better there? How can we go a little bit further to attract a bigger audience from the outside? How can we build our sport based on, you know, Ryder replica jerseys or whatever the heck it is out there that we could do? I believe that this chassis, that this model, that the opportunities that we can provide here with Lucid and Canvas can change our industry for a, a really big improvement. I, I believe that there's a pathway forward there 100 yeah. percent to bring in outside money. And I believe it's outside money. I don't believe it's in industry money. And with people like RWR, with their connections from their automobile racing that they have, they're a perfect chassis for them to take that yep. model. Just like what I always thought with, with JGR and, and all those people that come from outside yep. with your money, our sport can be a lot better. And I think, obviously, you're the owner, one of the owners, and so you're biased, but I think the quality held the stuff back, but not anymore. Not anymore, from what I gather. Do you know what I mean? Breathable, flexy, light. Uh, all the things that a performance rider needs, um, and I think that I think early on people were like, "Ah, it doesn't look that good," or, you know, "I heard it's not that good," but I don't think that's there anymore. So yeah, I think I think the obst- the pathway is clear here, and I like the idea. I just uh, I wonder if it who's going to be the first to step up, Lieb, and <laughs> do this. I don't know. <laughs> your your guess is as good as mine. You know, twenty twenty three Supercross just kind of ended, and yeah, we we had a really good feedback and success i think from where we did spend our money and next year it's like okay well do you go after and and try to really get someone on that page you know how do you get a a jet lawrence you know to essentially be in jet lawrence and have his own gear brand yeah and is there a benefit there for that is there you know because again you could take the rider and and the rider can be the 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 company more or less too right jet lawrence goes out and sells his own gear line and sells 5,000 sets of gear at a decent amount of profit, there's also a lot of money there, but you're also stepping him away from whatever he's making the salary wise. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's the, it's the commitment to take the step. And you do offer like pre printed versions, right? Like designs that, that, you know, like good designs. And if you, if you don't want to do custom look, you, you do offer that, right? So canvas has three different avenues that it goes down. So yep. we have our custom, which is our, it's fully white labeled. Yep. Um, so you can, our logo doesn't have to be on there. It doesn't, whatever you want to make. 
Then we have our mod series where we have pre-designed stuff where people can take like, I think there's 15 pre-designs on there where mm -hmm. they can change the color, add their own logos, use our logos, take our logos off, do whatever, but it gives them a base. I'm not really a designer, so that's probably what I would use. Yep. And then we have our label series, which our label series is new. That's essentially our air quote gear line. Okay. Um, so we change our design out every month. Matter of fact, we're getting ready to do a really cool drop here. I, I hope we get it up by Friday. Um, but we do a new drop every month and it is like you're basically getting your name and number and you can add a logo or two and it comes in three or four different colorways every month. And once it's gone, it's gone forever. So that's, that's how Canvas right now is operating. Mm -hmm. And 275 bucks for, yes. for that, for that yes. label. Okay. Interesting. Um, all right. Ryan Villapoto, uh, obviously he's, um, you know, the greatest retired rider ever in his words. Um, he had a gear deal, uh, let it go. Uh, he's got a small chunk or a big chunk of canvas and he's been rocking it for a while. Um, I've got it. I've got to hear from him uh, every time I see him, you know, we went off road riding. I've been to Glen Helen with him a couple of times. I got to listen to him talk about how great it is. But um, how, how has it been to have RV involved and working with him and, and everything else? It's been fun. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of cool stuff that him and I are working on. The Lucids brought him and I a lot closer together, which is, which is cool. And we've been able to involve him a lot on, on the Lucid side, too, with a couple projects and mm -hmm. contacts and stuff that we have going on in the back end that hopefully we can talk about here soon. And it's fun getting to kind of grow together in the business world outside of racing and, and learn a little bit more from each other too and, and um, just kind of bring each other a little closer, which is, which is cool. He's got a lot of great ideas too. And I, you know, not to say that I didn't think that he would. No, I wouldn't not, think he would. I think, he, I, I think he'd have some just nut bar ideas, Lee. Uh, no, he, he, there's a lot of really <laughs> good quality in, in the stuff that he brings to life, you know, yeah. whether it's all realistic or not. Okay. Maybe not, but yeah, yeah. what idea, you know, it's, it's an idea. Sure. Not all ideas are super realistic. Um, yeah. But in the end, I, we're, we're working well together. This has been a very, very gnarly 10 to 12 months on, on our end. And it definitely makes me wish I went as fast or half as fast <laughs> as he did on a dirt bike. I, I tell people all the time, man, I should have gone faster, but yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it, it has been fun. It's been cool. And I think that there's a, I, I kind of think we're just kind of getting going. So, so I, I hope. One of the things that, and, and you know this uh, over the years, is helmets, boots. Well, not so much helmets, but boots and gloves. These guys are these pro riders at the highest levels. Um, you know, there's been tons of examples of riders wearing other companies' gloves and tearing the tags off and just running it. And, you know, even Fly's got like eight different types of gloves. Uh, lots of things going on. How, how, how do you build your glove and what's the happiness level of Moran's and Jerry and these other guys with the glove and, and what's the issues that you see with gloves? So to come out of the box, we do not make a glove. Oh, uh, I although you, what, what am I seeing then on this? Yeah. Okay. We, so deaf family, Nate Adams is a longtime friend of mine. I've okay. always been a big yep. supporter of Nate. Um, so he hit me up like it was about a year ago and we started talking. I'm like, listen, Nate. I don't want to make my own glove. When you start getting into cutting and sew, yeah. your margin for error on a glove is so minimal. It's very difficult to do. Mm -hmm. I need, I'm walking with gear right now. I'm about to start running with gear, right? Like in the mm -hmm. terms of efficiency. When I look at a glove, maybe a glove is a year or two down the road. It's definitely something that I want to do, but not today. I need to perfect what I need for my bread and butter, and from there we can build. So we talked about just doing an all-blank glove. 
and do it in a few colorways and bring them in. So our glove that we're actually about to put on our site is a deft glove, okay. the same glove that he just released about a week ago. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to sell an all blank glove, but it's a deft glove because it's a good glove and it's at a price point where it just makes more sense for me to import those right now rather than make it myself. Yeah. Gloves are a tough nut for these riders, you know, not for, not for guys like me, but for high end guys, you know, (laughs) very tough. I was always very picky about deaf stuff. I've been in deaf gloves for over 10 years. Um, so it's a glove that I believe in and it's a glove that I think is, is very solid. And when he was like, well, what if we just did a blank, you know, solid color glove? I'm like, perfect. That goes absolutely (laughs) spot on with everything that I'm trying to do with canvas. So, uh, Kevin Moran's really had a nice year. First year in canvas for him. He whole shot a main event and he was taught privateer a lot. He got a lot of TV time, all of that. Uh, did that move the needle for you to see, to see that? What did that uh, help out a lot? Absolutely. Cause he's a great Um, marketing guy too, obviously, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. We we were we did the AJE deal, and then I was like, you know, okay, well, who else can we get? And mm-hmm. like, all right, well, this guy's at least doing the YouTube. He's doing the vlogs. He's doing a lot of the stuff. And he had a decent year last year too. And he was on like the Race Day Live show, and he was just in the media. So I'm like, all right, well, perfect. Let's go this route. This would be a good guy to go. And yeah, I I'm not saying that I expected him to do bad, but he did very good this year. Yeah. Especially there towards the end. Yep. Um, you know, getting a, a a whole shot, a heat race and a four fifty made in the same night, that's pretty freaking wild. Yeah. Just statistically, that's that doesn't happen often, even for the factory guys. Um so did yeah. he move the needle? I believe he did. We yeah. did a uh design competition actually for the last round at Salt Lake City a week before Salt Lake City. And we had a link on our website. He put about 2,000 people on the website in three days. So, you yeah. know, whether those were people that knew about us or not, that's, mm-hmm. that's a lot of people understanding a yeah. little bit more about what we do. Our online 3D designer where people can customize their own gear. We picked a winner from that, and that was the gear that he actually wore at Salt Lake City. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Awesome. That's kind, yeah. of, kind of a neat deal. Uh, Michael yeah. Lee from Canvas MX uh, on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast, canvasmx.com. Uh, thank you to Renthal and Maxis. Also, thank you to Cobolinks and Motorsport.com. Cobolinks, use the code PulpMX to save. It's a lowering suspension link from everything from Aprilia to Yamaha. Code PulpMX gets free shipping and a discount designed, made, and everything up there in Boise, Idaho. And Motorsport.com, thank you to those guys for uh, everything that they do, uh, OEM and aftermarket parts. Go through the banner on PulpMX.com to help us out. And uh, great prices, whether it's uh, street bikes, e- e-bikes, um, dirt bikes, UTVs, motorsport.com, all the prices, free shipping and everything over 79 bucks and all of that. And that leads me right, right into my next question, Michael, uh, a motorsport.com or another online retailer. Um, are you in there? Do you want to get in there? How can you get in there? How does that even work? I mean, obviously you got your label series and things like that, but those are drops and you know, you have, you have your own gear that does, uh, how does it work to do that? I haven't figured that one out yet. I think that one, <laughs> yeah, really, right? That, that one, I don't know if that's realistic. Mm-hmm. The way that we figured out the dealer side of it was we integrated a, about four months ago a dealer kiosk. I heard about this. This is on my list so, to ask you about. Yeah, yeah. So the dealer kiosk is really the one way that we can be involved with dealers. Um, we tested it here at AEO, which was he's in our same parking lot, um, and it actually worked out very well. So a dealer kiosk is essentially a big iPhone touchscreen mm-hmm. that runs inside of a dealer that people can customize, you know, dealer gear or, you know, just regular online stuff that we do on our website, and they can order it from the dealership. And if they order it from the dealership, we still give really healthy margins to the dealer to 
create that transaction. When the gear's done, the customer gets to go back to the dealer and actually pick up the gear. That's another chance that the customer walks in to a dealer's door. Yep. Minimal floor space, doesn't take up inventory. There's no overhead for them. There's no ongoing monthly expenses for them. It's just an easy platform to be integrated in, into a dealer. Yeah, so is that how's what's the AEO feedback on that? Really good. Yeah. It's actually yeah, it's been great. Um we've actually got six of them deployed right now that we're we're I think almost all of them are online or will be here shortly. And it's it's something it's something different. Yeah. It's something unique. It's something that we could take to amateur races. It's something that I hope to have at Loretta's this year. It's something that you can you can actually take outside of, of just, you know, wherever it is. Uh, that's interesting for sure. And for obviously, I didn't I didn't look on your website, but so Red Bull Monster logos can't do right. Can't kind of do those no. stuff. I mean, I'm sure customers are asking, but forget it, right? A ton of them ask. Yeah, they all see it on Ryan, and they're like, "Well, he's got it." <laughs> also, Ryan Villapoto. <laughs> yeah, he's also sponsored by Monster. Um, but I mean, you can if you have permission. If the, if the rider is a Monster athlete or Red Bull athlete or whatever, right? But um, yes. And then how do you, how do you go about for other logos? Like, just say. Rental, just whatever. Uh, some, can you do anything or do you need permission or how does it work? There's a few companies that we get permission from. There's yep. a few companies that, you know, I mean, it's the same with graphic companies. Like it, yep. it's this yep. whole big gray area. And, yep. yep. You know, that's, I'll, I'll leave that there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got to be frustrating for some people. But then again, you know, hey, it is what it is. And, and yeah, you're, you're, you're just trying to be respectful of their logos and all of that, right? So Exactly. Exactly. Uh, CanvasMX.com to learn more and uh, and check it out. And of course, Moran's and Jerry and RV and um, AJE. I didn't even know the AJE guys were doing it, but it makes sense because they look like they're all integrated with their bikes. So it makes sense that that they're running it, right? Um, they, yeah, they yeah. they had some different sponsors throughout the year that we tried to kind of match the gear for. Yep. Uh, before we wrap this thing up, though, let's talk a little bit about your own Supercross career. Uh, as you said, top ten in the points one year, uh, a lot of fast laps. You you had a lot of talent. Um, were you happy with everything or, you know, did you feel like, you know, with more support and, and all of that? Like I look at you similar to, uh, it was a little bit different time when you raced than now, but I look at, uh, yourself and like a Robbie Wageman, um, you know, Robbie kind of a B level teams, top 10 guy really fast. And he's, he's told me a few times about how frustrated he is that he can't, you know, quite get that breakthrough. I think you were in the spot that he is now, uh, back then, you know? When I, I mean, I reflect on it more and more, not to get up all in my feels. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I look back with a lot of frustration, but I also look at where it's led me. Yeah. And the path that I have in front of me is paved because of my racing career. So I think that in 10 years, I'll feel a lot better than I do about it today. You know, mm-hmm. politically, racing for me was difficult. I spent really. I had three really hard years in Europe. I had my GP podium. I signed a factory Kawasaki deal, got ripped up. I came home. I raced Supercross. I had, I don't know how many. I've had five or six six-place West Coast finishes, mm-hmm. got privateer a few years, got really hurt in 15. I was never going to be the same after that. That was that was really the end of my really competitive road there. But, um you know, it's uh, yeah, it's it's tough. You look at yeah. where some of the guys that weren't very good then that are very good now, and you know, <laughs> should you suck it out? You know, should did you do the right thing? It's, yeah, it's something that you look back on, and the the things that business has taught me in the last year and a half to two years 
I think the things that were a big deal in my mind then are something that maybe I look back on with a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say resentment, but it's a little bit harder of a pill to swallow. Sure. Yeah. So it's difficult. It's definitely a, a thought that I, I have constantly. It's still kind of hard to watch races. I still don't really love. Really? Huh? Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah I, I, you know, eventually I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get over it and I'll move on. And this, this next chapter for me with, with canvas and with lucid, I'm, I'm so focused on it and I'm so into it that it's all starting to fade a little bit. But, yeah. uh, I actually just had surgery again last September to have my foot fixed from my surgery in 15 and 16. And my foot got to a point finally where it feels better than it has in six years. And I think that's what kind of got all these thoughts going again. I was like, dang it. Like <laughs> I actually feel pretty good. I feel all right for the first time in like six years now. So, yeah, you know, like, shoot, could I, could I still do it? And obviously that answer is no. <laughs> and, uh, I fell in love with dual sporting and that kind of got me back into into riding, but I don't, I don't really ride much at the track more. I need to get out more. Yeah. It's uh it's tough, man. I, listen, I'm a, I was a mechanic for a long time and, and whether it's yourself or, or, or I interview these guys from the nineties and eighties that were, had really good results and just quit because there just was no support. Um, um, you, you look at these results in the vault and cycle news and you're like, damn dude, you could ride a dirt bike. Like you, you could really ride a dirt. And just, it just never worked. It never happened. An injury happened, uh, politics, uh, team folding, et cetera, et cetera. And there's a lot of guys like you that you're just like, well, it's not all about just talent. It's about a lot of other things, breaks and people who believe in you and injury, staying injury free. There's so many things that come together. It's not just how fast you can ride a dirt bike, you know? Not at all. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of guys like Enzo. Enzo Lopes has had like obviously a super, super good breakout year, and mm -hmm. and that's been really cool to see. And I, I really hope that someone like him, I'm sure he's got a very good deal going on over there at club, and that program seems to be incredible. But you know, you you kind of want to see that guy get the next, yeah. get the next shot. Um, you know, there's there's a few of those guys, like you said, whether it's a wageman, whether whether it's any of those guys, they're all very good. And the thing that I always think about is if a team picks, say a guy like me or a guy like Wageman or, or whoever you want to put in that category and puts a good effort into him on a, on a good deal, yeah. on a good team, I had one day on a factory Yamaha and had a 28 second lead at a GP. And before that I was a fifth through seventh guy, Yeah, you know? So uh, how much of it's the equipment? How much of it is just knowing that you're on that team? Um, yeah. You know, the mental side of it obviously is huge. And that was yeah. one area where maybe I struggled in my career a little bit more than others. And, um, you know, and it, what, what gives these other guys these shots that other guys don't get? No, and you look at, like, so you didn't do a lot of outdoors over here. Uh, you did, obviously, the GPs. But you look at Derek Kelly. Uh, dude, he was a top 10 guy outdoors. Top 10 guy indoors. Uh, riding for the AEO team and like he's just never going to get a factory ride like he the, he's too old he, uh, whatever the reasoning and you and you're like okay so you're going to bring up these kids you're going to give them three years they're going to get hurt they're not going to be able to do it and meanwhile Derek Kelly's out there just grinding away how about you take the guy that's currently 10th and maybe with a on a with a factory program and and, and some discipline and a, and a trainer and enough money to live nicely where he can hire people to do things for him to make his life easier. Maybe Derek Kelly can take a jump from 10th to, to 6th or 10th to 3rd. Instead, nope, 
we're just going to hire this kid. And, uh, and and if he doesn't do it, there's another kid behind him. I just get that mentality always in our sport, you know? I think it's I think it's a little bit of how racing is, too. I mean, if I'm a big Formula One fan. You mm-hmm. want to talk about politics and money? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the ultimate right there, right? And then you look at IndyCar and some of the, the fillover guys from F1 are going to Indy. And, and yeah, you, you're, you're Derek Kelly's. Chris Blos, you, you know, you got a shot on a PC bike. Um, Carson Mumford, I was I was pretty stoked to see Carson Mumford get that get that shot. I think he did all right with it. Um, you know, considering that he got hurt two times while he was there. Um, you know, what what's gonna what's gonna change that? Ultimately, I think more money needs to be in our sport. And ultimately, I think that I'm creating a platform that can help fix a lot of that for our sport. And I hope that the guys like Derek Kelly and the guys that deserve a shot that are already there i hope that this can help create a little bit more opportunity within our sport that we all love and spend our lives in to to create more more chance for people yeah yeah you just yeah it's all you can do is hope that it's better than it was for you right as, as you go on um but yeah i think there's something here man canvasmx.com i like the idea i like the the, the you know all the um ambition you got for it um yeah, it seems pretty cool and uh, looks pretty good. And congrats on the success this year uh, with some of the pro guys. And uh, and keep it up, man. Thank you for the podcast. Did I miss anything, Lee? But anything we need? Anything that we didn't touch on? I think we're all good. I think we think we nailed it. Okay, awesome. CanvasMX.com. Uh, always good to catch up with you, Michael. Maybe we'll get you in here for a Pulp MX show too. Come up to Vegas and um, hang out or something. That'd be fun. All I got to do is bring a 36-pack and Ryan will be in. Oh, yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Uh, Thanks, man. Good luck with everything, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show, presented by Maxxis Tires, Renthal, Motorsport.com, and Kuba links on RacerXOnline.com. Thanks for listening and supporting our partners.